Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. This is Dirt and Sprague. 915, let's have a great day, everybody. Cut this with Andy Dirt Johnson. I said that I wanted to have kids, and you said that you wanted me to have a vasectomy. What did I do? When you said that you might want to have kids, and I wasn't so sure, who had the vasectomy reversed? And then when you said you definitely didn't want to have kids, what it reversed back. And Brendan Sprague. Stip stop, stip stop, stip stop. You have no idea the physical toll. The three vasectomies have a person. Dirt and spray gone 1080. They're not going to catch us. We're on a mission from God. The fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Dirt and Sprague here on 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2, and maybe, just maybe, YouTube and Twitch soon. What's up, boy? This is what I got to say today. <laughs> Mac has a noodle arm. An all-time great drop. We have uh, Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports is going to join us at uh, 7.30 for the Daily Ticker. Get his thoughts on the Oregon-Washington game. Uh, how he feels about Oregon State. Does he eye an upset with them down the road of either one of those teams? And just how he feels about the Pac-12 in general. Will we have a playoff team? Or, like every other year, will we railroad ourselves? I mean, that's usually how it works out here in the Conference of Champions. I, I want to ask this question. I got caught in a conversation very briefly on Twitter last night because Brandon Staley went for it on fourth down. They could have kicked a field goal. It was a chip shot baby field goal that would have tied the game at 10. Yep. And... Going forward on fourth down is becoming quite a controversial topic with people. Much like the tush push, the fourth down call is polarizing. It's funny, though. When anybody runs it outside of Philadelphia, they can't do it. The Giants had two offensive linemen get hurt. The Cowboys tried it last night. They couldn't get it. They got stopped. 
Well, so I, it's viewed as this like illegal play that nobody like how, nobody could stop it. And then when teams outside of Philadelphia run it, they have a hard time doing it. Well, a big part is Hertz can squat like five hundred yes. pounds, and Jason Kelsey gets a lot of the credit for this. I, I guess the way his, uh, I don't know, like his mechanics are with the blow blocking. Sure, it kind of sets it up, and it's everything's perfect for him when they do it. But I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm like, they were on the one. Herbert's six five. Where's the tush push? <laughs> Anyways, the tush push is controversial, but going for it on fourth down is really controversial. Yes, it is, especially when you're leaving points on the board. I follow an account on Twitter called the Fourth Down Bot. It's created by Ben Baldwin, who's very analytically driven with football, and it takes all of the math into into place, and it says whether you should go for it, and it basically says, uh, you know, medium, strong, punt, kick, whatever, every time. And last night on that specific play, I was thinking in my head, I think I take the points, tie the game. Feel good about a tied game right now. Mm-hmm. Fourth down bot tweets, strong, go for it. Strong, go for it. 76% you win. Yeah, it was fourth and less than a yard. It was as, as short as you could get. And our buddy Andy Bunker in Atlanta randomly tweeted, like, just take the points. What are we doing? And I asked him about the fourth down bot, and he had no idea what it was. And so I explained it, and he goes, hey, man, if the Dan Landings of the world want to keep going for it, I'm all for it. And I thought that was funny. He's a husky. <laughs> He's a husky. He had to get the shot in. Yeah. But I am finding this interesting. We'll play Dan Lanning audio. Fourth down calls. Controversial when you do them. But I also ask because Lanning in three games now, the three biggest for them, mm-hmm. it's not gone his way multiple times. And so I'm asking, fourth down calls. Lucky, or is there a skill to picking it up? How do you view fourth down calls? Right I mean, now? there's a, there's a combination of both, right? Uh, I a lot of it is the numbers that go into it, and I know we'll get to the landing audio, but a lot of it is what does the percentages say? If I get this first down, what does my win probability go to? How does it affect the outcome of the game? Um, there, a lot of it is the confidence that you have in your offense. What kind of play calls have you worked on throughout the course of the week? You know that you're going to find yourself likely in one of those one or two of those situations and have you developed and practiced a play all week that you feel like is going to be good against the expected coverage that you're going to get in a fourth and short situation I I don't find fourth down decisions that controversial I think it's the coaches and the teams that do it that make it controversial well because it's the moments I think exactly right? Lanning like, was eight of ten going into that husky game on fourth down this <laughs> right. year and he's 0 three in the biggest game of the year but yeah but that, to your point that's the biggest game of the but year. I also think this is if landing and this is the hypothetical world right if they get the fourth down last year against Washington and they go on to win that game, nobody is criticizing them for the calls this year. It's a landing thing. And I think similar to the Chargers last night, part of the reason I think you had that reaction of tying the game is because who the team was. It's Brandon Staley. It's the L.A. Chargers. Nobody's gone for it more in fourth down in dumb situations than Brandon Staley over the last two years, including like on his own 20-yard line with a tie game or a slight lead and handing the other team an opportunity to win it. He's done that a lot. And they also seemingly don't get it every time they go for it in a big game. To me, fourth down decisions are not that controversial. You practice plays all week. You look at the numbers. You get a sense of how the game is going. But the the, the part of it that bothers me the most is when we get to the end of the game and we see the final score and there's the, well, I, yeah, I had that feeling. Yeah, three points could have been big there. It's like, dude, you had no clue what the final score of the game was going to be. If Oregon loses to Washington by 17 points, which in the third quarter it felt like for a moment they could. It felt like Washington was close to blowing them out. They were up by 11. Oregon got stopped in the red zone again. Again, they go on to lose that game by 20 points. Nobody's saying, should have taken the field goal before the end of the first half. 
Really left those points on the board, but it ends up being a three-point game. You don't know what the final score is going to be when you make those calls. Here was Dan Lanning at his weekly presser last night. He was the very first question of the press conference, just looking back on decisions going forward on fourth down. It's a bit of a long answer, but let's take a listen to Dan Lanning. Yeah. Um, well, I'd say this, like if I knew none of them were going to work, you would change every situation, right? That's not the way those decisions work, right? The, you know, here's, here's the hard part. You know, when you sit in this seat, um, when I make decisions, one, I, I'm a big boy, I can handle criticism, right? And that's going to come. That's, that's, and it's deserved uh, in this position. That's the way it works. Um, I trust our players. I trust our coaches and we have opportunities to win games. I'm going to, I'm going to be aggressive uh, to win games. Uh, if you look back at all of them, you know, ultimately field goal before half, that's one that I feel we certainly could have gone either way. Like I said, on Saturday, um, we felt that we had the look. If we didn't have the look that we wanted, we were going to call a timeout and we were going to kick the field goal. Um, could easily turn around and say, kick the field goal there and feel good about it. I, you know, at the very end of the game, I don't think there's any scenario where I wouldn't go for it on fourth down there when you have an opportunity to put the game away. They've scored on more than 50% of their drives at that point in the game. Um, you know, 75 yards to 50 yards to 80 yards for them with a potent offense. You know, they're, they're going to have a lot of success in a lot of those scenarios, and they had that day. Um, and then, you know, transversely, it gives our offense an opportunity to come back and still have a chance um, in that situation. We don't get it. If we get the first, you know, the game's over. So um, what I would go back, like I said, on Saturday is the third and two. I wish we could have executed at a higher level. There was some confusion there. But, you know, what? what's tough is when I make those decisions, like I said, it doesn't just affect me. It affects everybody in our program. It affects everybody that cares about Oregon football. And I understand that. And like I said, uh, I'm deserved of the criticism. But it's not like those those decisions are made um, on Saturday in that moment. You know, those decisions are made earlier in the week. Hey, how do we want to play this game? We knew this was going to be a game. It was going to be a, a high-scoring game where there was, you know, touchdowns over field goals mattered. Um, you know, in, in that scenario, like I said, before half, I think you could certainly say that could go the other direction. Um, a lot of the other scenarios, I don't know that you'd play it any other way other than if you already knew what the result of the play was going to be. You know, three three opportunities on a fourth, the chances of us not getting one of those three is – really unique, um, you know, especially with what we've done offensively so far this year. I realized this week, and I've listened to probably too much Dan Lanning so far this season because I'm starting, like, not even thinking about it. I'm starting to end sentences with, right? <laughs> and I didn't. I don't talk that way. I never have. <laughs> right. But I noticed last week, I said, right, like 19 different times on the show, yeah. the podcast, all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm listening to way too many press conferences this year. I need to cut it. Here's my only thing with Lanning. I loved that answer. I thought it was a good answer. I like accountability. We don't have a lot of it with leadership in America. Thank you, God, we at least get college football coaches that take <laughs> accountability. Not all of them, but some of them do. Here, here is my only kind of rebuttal to everything he said there. One, I think I, I still landed on, I, I was most uh, polarized by the fourth and three at the end. Again, I get you pick it up, you win the game. But it's more to me about identity uh, it was either Nemec or somebody else that had said, what did Oregon do when USC hired Lincoln Riley? They countered it with the opposite side. Mm -hmm. This is year two. He got some horses in this program. He's recruited pretty well. I just, I, I think, I don't know. It, I, I'd want to see the identity of my coach. That's it. It's defense, man. Go lock these dudes up. I, I disagree with the whole, there's no difference between 50 and 75 yard statement. But the other thing he said there that I'm interested to hear your point on, so he he's basically saying they make their decisions to go for it on fourth downs before the game. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's not right. He's a 
far better coach and football uh, knowledge is way better than me. But football is such an emotional back and forth swinging game in the moment that I don't know if it's are you good to lock on to your decisions before being in the moment. Yeah, look, I, I see the argument there. I don't know if it's just as simple as like, hey, every time we're in fourth down, we're going to go for it, and we decide that on Tuesday. Well, I think it's more yeah. so of like a certain if – we're, if we're in a fourth and one, depending on what the score is, depending on how the flow of the game has gone, how is our defense playing, we'll probably go for it in X, Y, and Z scenario. Because he says they're just we, – we, we made a decision we were going to be aggressive because well, touchdowns sure. valued more than field goals. Yes. And I see it, but you lose by a field goal. And so like my counter is more, isn't football a game where the fourth down bot – shouldn't be the dictator of it all. Like, you should say, yeah, going for it here maybe increases win percentage, mm-hmm. but a field goal ties this game. I'm using the charge game as an example. And I just, I feel like football is such a feel moment and game that it's hard to just, we're going to be aggressive no matter what. Well, but what if the field goal is important? Yeah, and that's the tough part with the Oregon-Washington game specifically, and that is that at the time, the first time they had to make this decision was at the end of the first half. And then the other two came in the second half, obviously. Two of them were affected by not kicking field goals. The last one was to try and ice the game and run the clock out. At the time of the first decision to go for it, Washington had scored a touchdown fairly simply on three consecutive drives and gotten a two-point conversion. And so if you're a head coach in that moment, you're looking at it saying, like, all right, we're having a really hard time slowing this team down. They're scoring touchdowns. Every time they get the ball outside of their opening drive, Oregon at that point in the game had already settled for if he had already kicked a field goal earlier in the game. I think we forget that. They had a fourth and six. They kicked a field goal, and they they were trading a three with a seven, and that's why they were down by four in that moment. And so I think that's also part of it is just looking at it saying, how many stops in the second half do I trust my defense to get? Now his defense woke up. That's a credit to him and his staff to find ways to slow down Washington in the second half of the game to get back into it. But that's not a guarantee that it's going to happen, man. You're going against one of the best offenses in the country. No doubt. And I think that's also part of the decision making of saying, all right, if we kick another field goal here, we're still losing. They're going to cut they could come out and score a touchdown early in the second half. Now all of a sudden we're still playing catch up. Let's try and jump ahead of them. Let's try and take the lead here and then maybe we could play with some edge and some advantage in the second half. The last thing I'll bring up on this. Somebody texted in earlier and I've seen this point that he hasn't won a game being aggressive and I just wholeheartedly disagree with that. UCLA was a good team last year. It was a top 10 matchup at Autzen. UCLA was undefeated at number nine. Oregon was a one-loss team at number 10. This was a 17-10 game in the first half. UCLA was moving the ball. Oregon was moving the ball. 17-10. He kicked an onside kick Mm -hmm. that could have handed UCLA a ton of momentum and a short field. Oregon got it. They went on to score a touchdown to make it a 24-10 lead. It was 31-16 in the second, in the early in the third quarter. It was a two touch. That's a two touchdown game. Oregon went for it twice inside their own 40-yard line on fourth and shorts. They picked them both up and they went on a 15-play, 82-yard drive, eating eight minutes a clock to score a touchdown to go up 38 to 16. If they don't get one of those, it's a 31-16 game, and you're handing UCLA the ball on the 35-40 yard line going in with an opportunity to get right back into the game. This has been my largest point over the last two days. Nobody had any issue with those calls. Nobody criticized the onside kick. Nobody criticized the fourth down decisions. Why? Because it worked. This is the part of it that bothers me the most. You can feel everybody's going to have a different opinion, man. You didn't like one. I didn't like the other. Swag didn't like another one. We're all going to have a different stance on it. The reality is if you convert the fourth downs, nobody's criticizing you on Monday. To me, the more egregious aspect is the play calls in those situations, and that is 100% criticizable. That's not uh, a word, but I'll use it. Coming up next, the odds of this team and this player. Next on The Fan. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, I'll give you an update. It looks like we're supposed to start this YouTube thing. Is this for... Is this public consumption or is oh. it a test? Do you know swag? Uh, we uh, according to, to Joey, are we live? Hold we're on, live. We're hot. We're live. I'll we're hot. We're live. See how ugly I look on video. Do I need to start doing something with my hair? Uh, no, I don't think so. Live. I just live. put a hat on because my hair is always a mess when I wake up in the morning. Ten eighty, the fan mornings. Here we are. Is it on? Are we on? Can uh, you see us? Oh, okay. Hold oh, on. You oh, got to mute your I'm computer. <laughs> Why do you not know how to mute your Can computer? Can I double up the audio? Dude, you know what my computer did the other day? This is how weird my computer is. It searched for your porn computer. all on its own. It oh, searched like for MILF porn on its own. <laughs> it typed it into the, into the type bar. No, I... Uh, Wife's it, really pregnant, isn't she? Dude, I... MILF porn. This is a really... I got to keep my head up. This is a bad cam. You can see my, my balding going on right here. Hey, you see my runways old, up the man. side of the head. It's old. Dude, my computer was closed, okay? Riddle me this, Batman. Closed. Mm -hmm. In my kitchen. You've seen I have one of those weird built-in desk things that nobody uses that was a big thing <laughs> in the early 2000s. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Right? It's just yeah. sitting there, okay? Yeah. The wife and I are hanging out. I think this was on Sunday, getting some dinner ready, doing some stuff in the kitchen. All of a sudden, I hear like voices talking. And I'm like, all right, am I? Have we been watching too many scary Halloween movies? I'm <laughs> Chucky in your house. I am tripping out right now. Like, <laughs> we'll be soon. Like, what? <laughs> and I look at her like, you can hear that too, right? She's like, yeah, I can hear that. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking at her phone. Yeah. No clue. I saw. I'm like, eh, we're, and then it stops and it picks back up again. I walk over to my computer and I had an ESPN tab open on my Google Chrome. My sound is off on my laptop. 
and it started playing an ad on ESPN at full blast while the screen was closed and it had been closed since Saturday afternoon. Hmm. Make that make sense. I can't because sometimes these computers do weird things. They do very weird things. They're tracking us at all times, Andy. Yeah, we're on. We're on right now. Uh, all right. Well, you can go to youtube.com backslash 1080 the fan. You can find it live. We can uh, have the show on the old YouTube page. Uh, subscribe, like, rate, review. I love Hi. I love the reviews where it tells us how bad our show is. That's always appreciated and welcomed. Was that a fart? It, it, it was a fart. That's what the show has been described as. And uh, good morning. Happy Tuesday to everybody. We got the mail sack to get to at 815. So get those into the Vancouver Ford text line at 503-864-6326. Brandon Marcello coming up at the bottom of the hour. And new analytic insider for the Portland Trailblazers, Tom Abistro at 830. Our so we'll, analytics nerd. We will talk numbers and a little blazers with old Tom Habistro at 830. I wanted to get to this right now. I woke up this morning. I was curious. Michael Penix is minus money on DraftKings as the Heisman favorite in college football. Second is J.J. McCarthy, Dylan Gabriel, Jordan Travis, Jaden Daniels, who has had a remarkable year at LSU. Hey, get that crap out of here. He's got two losses. I don't care. We're, he's not winning the Heisman Trophy. He's He deserves to be recognized. He's been really good. Sure, his numbers aren't better than Michael Penix's, though, and his team has lost twice. So okay. get the hell out of All here. Right. Drake May, hey. Bonet. I, I guess I don't need to rattle him <laughs> off because after Jaden Daniels, who the hell cares to dirt? Michael Penix Jr., are you ready to lay a bet on Michael Penix Jr., Heisman Trophy frontrunner? No, it's actually a really bad bet to place right now because there's no value in it. If you wanted to place a bet on Michael Penix Jr., the time was in August when you could get decent odds on this thing. As of now, with minus money, it's just not worth it. If they end up losing a game, if Washington loses a random game before they get to maybe the Oregon State game later in the year. That's the game to lose. I mean, of course it is. Come on, come on. What are we doing here? Who doesn't Um, see that coming? If they drop a random one and the odds in improve a little bit, then I think is your time to pounce. But he deserves to be the favorite right now. I just don't think it's a great bet because you're not getting great value. If I if I were a Heisman voter, he would get my vote right now. He yeah. has been unbelievable. I said it yesterday. There's not a quarterback in the country that strikes more fear in me throwing the ball down the field uh, than Michael Penix. He has more passing yards than anybody in the nation outside of Shador Sanders. Shador Sanders has attempted nearly 100 passes more than Michael Penix, and he has like 30 more passing yards than him on the season. 20 touchdowns, only three interceptions. He deserves to be the favorite at this point. Uh, Team-wise, this is where it sits right now on the playoff college football predictor. Would you care to guess the team with the highest percentage chance to make the playoff? It should be Georgia. You would be incorrect. It should be Georgia. Georgia is the sixth team. Yeah, the nerds are stupid. Maybe it's a Brock Bowers injury, but come on. Uh, well, he, that's not going to be a long injury. Tua had this and was back pretty quickly with yeah. it. I think Bowers will be back. It's Oklahoma. Oklahoma has the highest percentage chance to make the playoff at 69%. Nice. nice. Uh, Ohio State is second, 56%. I can't believe Ohio State's 56%. How about you beat Michigan? They got to win this weekend to yeah. start. I mean, they, if they lose to Penn State, and then you still got to play Michigan down the road, how are you going to get into the Big Ten title game? That's a weird thing. Florida State is third at 44%. And then UW at 40%. UW is the fourth best odds to make the playoff. Penn State is behind them at 35%. Michigan, 32%. Georgia, 30%. I'd have to look at Georgia's schedule to see who's going to beat Georgia. The toughest game they have left is Tennessee. I they're going to win that game. Tennessee on the road. Milton's not good. Yeah, and then you're going to play Alabama likely in the SEC title game. Then Texas, Bama, Oregon sits here at 19% ch- uh, chance to make the playoff. That's right. UNC at 10, Ole Miss 4 
USC 2. Why is my Beavers not 2% and LSU? Yeah, why is LSU you? is still on this. It's just stupid. Two lost teams not going to make it. Definitely not LSU. Uh, Oregon State should be on there ahead of USC. They're a better team than USC, and I don't really have any doubt in my mind about that. I think they're better than Ole Miss and North Carolina. Hot yeah, take. Yeah, yeah. North Carolina deserves a little bit of respect. I know. We didn't I, do the dirty poll today. We've t- totally forgot about the dirty poll Tuesdays. We'll do it tomorrow. Uh, I mean, there's, we don't need to do it because there's no changes. I already had Washington at number five. Oh. I'm not bumping them up. I'm not moving Oregon at all. They lost by a field goal. The only change was I put North Carolina into the top. 10 and bumped Alabama out. They barely beat Arkansas at home. Get the hell out of here. North Carolina's undefeated. They beat uh, ranked Miami team pretty convincingly. I think the argument for Oklahoma would be look at the rest of their schedule and where is the loss. Now, that's the famous last words of college football, but they don't have a single ranked team remaining on their schedule. Hell, I don't even know how many teams they have left with a winning record. What is their left strength their schedule? schedule if you remove Texas? It's got to be like I mean, in the nothing. hundreds, doesn't it? Their non-conference was Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa. Those are awful teams. Texas is their only win over a ranked team, and as again I said, their remaining schedule is Central Florida, who was 3-3, three 0-3 three, oh three in Big 12. Yeah. Kansas, who's 5-2, and two, but 2-2 two and two in conference. Oklahoma State, who is, what, 4-2 and two overall somehow. West Virginia, who just lost to Houston. BYU and TCU, who's terrible. That's the rest of their schedule. Yikes. Here's the weird no conundrum, though. No ranked opponents there. What is going to happen? This is not going to happen, but a fun what if. What if Oklahoma and Texas win out, and then Texas wins the rematch, and they both have one loss? What if Washington and Oregon win out, and Oregon beats Washington, and they both have one loss? Which teams go to the playoff? What if UNC wins out and beats Florida State in the title game? <laughs> Both have one. Well, UNC might have an undefeated schedule there. I don't. I, that's an interesting question. Like, who would go? Because they would both have edited wins over right. one another, but one would be a conference champion. Could you point to neutral site as being a better win? Because Oregon yeah. would have beaten Washington and Vegas at that point, right? Yes, they would. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we'll it's even not, get I mean, that scenario. But forty percent chance for the old Huskies. Yep. Do you feel like that's about right? A little higher chance for them. How do you feel about the Huskies in the playoffs? I feel like that's about right. Forty percent sounds good to me. The schedule is interesting, but I, they're, they sh- they're going to be favored in every game left. I think oh, yeah. a lot of this has a lot of my confidence in, in my team, but this exists for Washington too. Is I just, like Utah just is not there for me. They don't have an offense. USC has not been the team that anybody thought coming into the year. They got all sorts of issues. Maybe Oregon State ends up being the biggest thorn in the side for both of them. That very well could happen in the final two weeks of the season. Yep. Washington State hasn't looked good, right? So there's a lot of that where some of the other teams that I thought, ooh, that's a landmine game, or ooh, that's a really tough one, at least as of now, I'm not feeling that about some of those games. Michael Penix Jr., the Heisman front runner right now in Vegas, the best college football player uh, at least that he's the favorite for that award in Washington. Forty percent chance to make the college football playoff, according to ESPN. Shout out to Ryan Murphy, the first commenter on our live YouTube stream. <laughs> there we go. Shout out Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, yeah, you can catch the show on YouTube now. We're live at YouTube.com/backslash1080thefan. If you want to watch us and listen to us, we thank you. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. We'd appreciate all of that love. Uh, coming up next. Let's talk more college football. Brandon Marcello, 24-7 Sports. We dive into the Pac-12 with him next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Tuesday. Thanks for being with us. We're live on YouTube if you want to go check it out. I tweeted it out at Dirt and Sprague and at 1080 The Fan. You can see Engineer Joey. I think we're still live. Not live, but you can view it during the uh, commercial breaks. So you can see what it all looks like in here. Very exciting times around the fan on a Tuesday. Joining us now, national college football reporter for 24-7 Sports, Brandon Marcello, at Marcello on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Brandon, thanks for the time, man. We always love talking college football with you. Let's get to the big game of the weekend, and that was Oregon and Washington, an all-time classic. The big takeaways you had and what it means for the two teams going forward. Well, uh, definitely still, in my opinion, two top ten teams even after that game and, you know, one of those situations and those big moments is about which team can come up in the in the big moments those are the championship type of teams and you know i went into that game thinking that washington seemed to have maybe had a little bit of the edge because i really like michael Penix. i think he's the best player in college football i've thought that for most of the season and uh man he came up big when the opportunities had to be made and he got it done and so washington to me is a legitimate national title contender Oregon um, still a top 10 team a new year six team and a threat in the Pac-12 and they could still play spoiler and rematch with Washington potentially in the Pac-12 championship and win that title but um, right now to me Washington looks like a legit national title contender i read your weekend recap piece on 24 7 and it was it was really good going through kind of the games that maybe i missed because we watched a lot of the big pac-12 games out here and you know one takeaway i had you do winners and losers of the weekend i i'm curious brandon where are you at on dan lanning how do you feel about dan lanning the coach just from a national perspective how you view him well i think that obviously he's learning on the job in some instances obviously with the fourth down calls and everything i know you know, we always get deep into these analytics and everything about whether things are the right or wrong calls. And, you know, the analytics say the book says to go for it here and there. But, you know, there are moments where in these big moments, uh, it's just not working. Oregon going up against Oregon State, Washington the last two years, big failures on fourth downs. And while the book might tell you to go for it, you know, there's also another book inside that book that tells you, well, in these big moments and these big games, for whatever reason, it's not working on fourth and one, fourth and three. 
So I wonder how he'll adjust going on from here. You know, maybe when, what happens in the next instance against, say, Oregon State later this season when it's fourth and two and he's got a decision to make. Does, is he still going for it or is he pulling back and punting the ball? Uh, but having said that, the recruiting, he's just a, a killer on the recruiting trail. They're doing a fantastic job with that. And, you know, listen, I think Oregon has exceeded expectations already this season. I thought they were going to take about a half step back. I thought that offense was not going to be as good as it was going to be this year because Kenny Dillingham was gone. But um, Bo Nix and crew have got that thing still rolling, and uh, that defense playing a little bit better than I thought. But, you know, I think Oregon's ahead of schedule right now. Hmm. Yeah, looking for one of those marquee wins, and they had a chance for it on Saturday. Obviously didn't pull it off. Brandon Marcello, our guest, 24-7 Sports, at B Marcello on Twitter. When you look at the rest of the conference, you know, we came in with these thoughts on all these different teams, and it, it's an incredibly deep, and there's a lot of good teams in the conference. I had the sense that Oregon and Washington have kind of elevated themselves above everybody else. How do you view the rest of the Pac-12 behind those two? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Utah, you know, Cam rising out and everything, they've just been a completely different type of team, but there's still been kind of a threat there. UCLA, uh, in my opinion, uh, was, you know, uh, I was kind of disappointed with the way they performed this past week uh, against Oregon State. That defense actually wrote about their defense last week, top five in a lot of categories, and they just uh, didn't look the part. Um, So I do have big questions about, Everybody behind Oregon and Washington, who's going to step up? I think that third-best team right now is probably USC, and USC's got an opportunity to actually be maybe number two there behind Washington. And listen, USC obviously can still win the Pac-12 championship and might very well do it, but uh, this is a USC team that I think they finished four of their last five games are against ranked opponents, so this USC team might be end up being one that has three, maybe four losses at the end of the year. I don't think anybody expected that. Mm-hmm. Who are your four playoff teams if you picked four right now? Oh, man, it's a good question. Um, I'm not even looking at my rankings, but I, I'd say this is what I feel confident in right now. I'd say Michigan, um, Georgia, um, Florida State, and Washington. Mm. That's what I'd go with right now. What about a Heisman front runner? Was that it for Penn? I mean, you mentioned best player in college football. That a lot of people had that for Caleb Williams coming into the year, and obviously Saturday night did not go well for Caleb Williams on the road uh, at Notre Dame. Is is this Penix's award to win going forward? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that unless he just has a couple of like just drastically bad games, he'll end up being in in New York City and he'll end up carrying that thing away. Um, and and for that matter can't lose like maybe two or three games, but I, I don't see that happening with this Washington team. What, do you, what are you keeping an eye on in college football right now? I'm, I'm always fascinated with the national kind of viewpoint is you, going into an interesting week this week. What, what is Brandon Marcello paying attention to right now in college football? Well, <clears throat> I, I'm kind of following Texas A&M a little bit because I want to know what happens with Jimbo Fisher after this season. They're, they're at an inflection point down there where – you know, listen, A&M is supposed to be contending for an SEC title this year. And if not this year, they should be contending for it, if not winning it next year. And the reason why I say that is because they had that number one recruiting class, the best recruited class of all time, just two years ago. And if you look at the 24-7 sports history of rankings, if you have a number one recruiting class, every single team plays for a national title or wins it 
within four years, and the clock is ticking on A&M, and it doesn't seem like they're making any progress these last two years going toward that. So take that into consideration. And then also, Texas, your big brother, is joining the SEC. You got away from big brother in the Big 12 and was doing well. And if you look through history again, the recruiting inside the state of Texas almost flipped when A&M and Texas split up. A&M's recruiting started improving drastically inside the state because they were selling that SEC uh, brand to people. And that's not going to be the case anymore with Texas joining the conference. And Texas obviously is in the playoff hunt right now uh, still. And I, I think to me, if you look at it, uh, A&M has got to make a very hard decision. But, you know, when push comes to shove, that money's not going to be an issue for them. And if they see that nothing's happening with this recruiting class and all these recruiting classes and the growth, um, I think it's very possible Jimbo Fisher will be fired at the end of this season. Well, and Reddit told me last night that Fisher's not going to take the buyout money, that he's going to be, he's, he recognizes <laughs> that he's not good and he'll just forego the buyout yeah, money. He's not good at his job. That's, I'm going to give you the money back and I'm going to see my way out. That's Brandon, that's the state of Aggie's Reddit right now is they're just tell, telling themselves, yeah, we're not going to pay him $80 million or whatever it is. He's going to get out of here because he knows he sucks. Oh, man. Brandon Marcello, 24-7 sports, national college football reporter. We'll give him a Follow on Twitter at BMarcello. Brandon, thanks so much for the time out here in Portland, man. We always appreciate it, and hopefully we can do it again soon. All right, absolutely. Thanks, guys. There you go. Brandon Marcello talking some college football. He, uh, you know, I, I like talking to Marcello. I think he does a really good job. Interesting uh, energy or vibe around your guy, like where he's recognizing. He's out on my team. Nobody's giving us a chance. It's all right. Chip on the shoulder. Well, I don't think he's out on your team. I think it's more he just values Washington a little more. And I, I don't know, man. Like, there's two Dan Lannings, I think, for some people. I think there's recruiter Dan Lanning, mm -hmm. and then there's coach Dan Lanning. And you can argue the coach side, far more successful. The record speaks for itself. And yet three games now are allowing the opinion of, for some on Dan Lanning. Yeah, I think there's a missed aspect of this. that I, I'll get to this next because I do want to react to that. So there, there's a missed aspect of Saturday's game that I think has shown – the impact pretty quickly, and I want to talk about that a little bit. We'll get to some. We haven't really talked about the NFL weekend at all yet. And it's like I know. I Tuesday show is almost gone, and we haven't even like broke down what happened in the NFL. I talked about Jared Goff. We did. We, we did get that MVP. The Chargers being yeah. a joke. We did do the Charger game from last night. We'll get to the mail sack coming up at eight fifteen, and uh, you can get your questions in at the Vancouver Ford text line five zero three eight six four six three two six. We're live on YouTube now. This is a groundbreaking day for our show. Somebody uh, commented on the YouTube video. Who invited in Duck? Dynasty. That's Joey. That's our engineer. Who's not an engineer, but he's our engineer. He is the only one we have left, so let's be nice to Joey. He's we actually love... not an engineer. No, he's not. We love him, though, and he's the one that's helping us with the YouTube stuff. Yeah. And so uh, we tweeted out the link at Turton Sprague and at 1080 The Fan. Just search 1080 The Fan on YouTube. You can go find it. Uh, some reaction to what you said about landing next on The Fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, shout out to all of our YouTube bros now. We're good. We're big time on YouTube. It's a big deal. Well, my kids watch YouTube, and I've become kind of a YouTube uh, watcher as we get older and we keep aging ourselves out of the uh, the demo here. 
There are two things I've done more in the last two years than I ever thought I would. I visit Reddit on a daily basis. Uh-huh. Because again, Reddit tells me that Jimbo knows he sucks and is going to buy, you know, forego $50 million or whatever the buyout is. And YouTube. Like, I used to look at my kids watching YouTube and they would just watch people play with dolls. And I'm like, this is, what are we doing? And now I, I go to YouTube for almost anything I want to try to find of what a show or somebody specifically said. So I'm glad we've, we, we've caught on. We're on the trend now. Welcome to YouTube. It's almost like a live text line, too, that you can follow along. Like, people are sending in thoughts. Somebody said, damn dirt, you did age. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Another one. I'm in the same boat with my hairline. I think my hairline's probably the biggest talking point out of this. I'm slowly okay. going bald up the uh, up the sidelines here. You know, up the hash marks. It's it's slowly fading on me. Yeah, but you know, the thing about you is... I need to start wearing a hat, evidently. Uh, this is a new thing now. Shave your head. Nah, I can't do that. When you shave, no, I'm not like that. When you get your hair cut, it it looks fine. Yeah, when it's a little bit shorter and tighter, it looks better. You have what I would call a classic grown-out Dak Prescott. (laughs) Dak Prescott also is balding just like you. Yeah. But he's shaving his head so low that you can kind of see it, but you can't really tell. That's a good point. He is going bald slowly. Yeah, he is. And, you know, they always say franchise quarterbacks don't go bald. So maybe that's an indicator for Dak. Yeah, so uh, you had asked at the end of the last segment, we were talking about Dan Lanning, Brandon Marcello, not very, not. I mean, I, he didn't disrespect Oregon at all. He's no. a top 10 team and competing yeah. for a New Year's Six spot, but he put Washington ahead of him. That's fair, man. You win the game, you get the bragging rights. That's the way that it goes. A lot has been made of the fourth down decisions and the calls and the should you have made them, should you have not. And I get it, man. You lose a game that that's tight, that is that tight, you're going to get the fourth down conversation. The one thing that I do think is getting missed a little bit, and this is because they lost the game and it's the unfortunate part of it, because had they have converted on that last drive and iced the game, I do think there would have been a pretty big talking point out of what Oregon had done on Saturday And that was what they did defensively in the second half. Really impressive. You ask a lot of times about, you know, we we know the identities and the calling cards of a lot of these coaches. And what is that for Dan Lanning? And the argument that I usually make is that we just don't know. We haven't seen it yet, but eventually it's going to be defense. He's a defensive guy. He's getting more players. Like, eventually they're going to take big steps on that side of the ball. I know the final score would not indicate that last year's game was any different than this year's game because they gave up 36 points. And I think last year they gave up 37 points. But there was a pretty clear effort defensively that I thought was much improved from the way that they played against Washington last year. They gave up the opening touchdown of the second half and then forced three straight stops, one of them granted at the one-yard line, but did not allow them to score. And I thought there, I thought there was there's a clear sign of progression on that side of the ball for Oregon that if you're a Duck fan, you hope is only going to continue to get better. But that was – it was funny because you kind of formulate thoughts as the game is going on of, like, what are we going to talk about on Monday? What are going to be my takeaways? For sure. That was the biggest disappointment in them losing and the way that it ended was that was my – like, like man, this is really – if you would have told me that they had the chance to hold Washington below 30 points going into that game, I would have laughed at you. That offense is too good. And if they convert on that final drive, they hold them to 29 points. And I, I think that's – I mean, it just keeps coming back to it, and I we don't need to debate the fourth down things, but like, I think I keep coming back to that specific last play. And this is kind of my point. Like last year, Oregon state plays at Fresno state. They get to the goal line and it's like, are we going for the win or are we going to play for overtime? Yeah. And Jonathan's like, no, we've got Jack Coletto. We're winning the game. And they won the game. And I, I think for me, and I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, I like to see the teams when the coach matches the identity. Right, like uh, Dan Lanning is hired from the defensive side. He comes from Georgia. Here's Taj Lapoy. We're going to recruit the living hell out of this thing. And now they've got the horses. They do. They've got 
elite secondary. And I, mm-hmm. I know they got banged up in that game. Their yep. defensive line is pretty damn good, led by Doralis, led by Birch, amongst many others. And to just not give the defense the shot to close that game out where you had gone sure. punt, punt, goal line, stop, turnover on down, I just thought the momentum was on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my thing is, is Dan Lanning making these decisions to go for it on fourth down going into the game and saying, I'm going to be aggressive. And then he does the halftime interview with Holly Rowe. You know, we're going to play to win the game and we're going to be aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do believe this. I think there's an element of him that makes me a tad nervous of, I'm going to win this way or I'm going to die trying. Not in the absolute sense, but like in the hypothetical sense of, no, 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 no. this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And you're right to note UCLA but when you lose these games, that's where they bite you. And so I was more just disappointed not to see that the team gravitate towards the coach's ability. And the coach's ability is defense. He knows defense. They had three possessions in a row of stopping them. And so I just thought there was so much momentum swung Washington's way. And they come out on a short field. I would have liked to see him trot his defensive guys out and say, no, we're ending the game on defense and I'm winning the game on defense and holding them to under 30, I thought there was an opportunity there, and it kind of felt like a doubling down of, I'm going to go for this no matter what because yeah. we're going to win this way. Well, it also makes you wonder, too. Like I, I totally see where you're coming from on that call. I'm, I still like that they went for it, but again, everybody's going to have a different opinion on it. I, I wonder if it does ever get to the point where he fully does trust his defense and says, I don't need to go for it here. Like I have that much faith in that side but of the ball. But isn't that a moment of, I guess, could be the trusting of defense? I don't know if it's his not His logic a was in his press conference last night that they had scored on 50% of their drives. Yeah. And what are the what are the percentage chances that you hit? You punt it down to the 20-yard line. They hit one deep pass, and just like that, they're right back to where you would have gone for it. No doubt about so that it. that was his theory on it. But I totally see what you're saying. The defense had been playing well. We can all parse airs, you know, after the game and, and – and um, break it down from different angles. I think what I've officially done now, though, are we on to Washington State? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think yeah, we're on. Yeah. Let's go. All right. I mean, I don't really. I can't wait. <laughs> we'll see what the Cougars do. Could be a big emotional, physical kind of recovery week for the Oregon Ducks. I guess they wanted to play in pads yesterday. Landing says they're still fired up. He said they had their fastest running Monday practice that they've had all season. 5% faster. 5% faster, actually. baby. Uh, were you 5% faster yesterday? I probably wasn't because I didn't mm. run at all. I just lifted weights. Mm. But... I think overall, we see what they do against Washington State. I like your team pretty big in, in this matchup. Yeah, the spread's near tw- uh, 20 points, yeah. somewhere, give or take, in there. Uh, we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. Mail sack coming up at 8.15. Get your questions in, 503-864-6326. And by the way, for the YouTube-only viewers yeah. who maybe don't know us from radio at all, hello. the mail sack is is basically a Reddit AMA. Ask us <laughs> ask us anything. anything ask away. We answer all questions. We'll see if we get any questions on the YouTube live chat. Oh, that'd be a fun one. Pull up the yeah. live chat there in that segment. Okay. So that's coming up at 8.15. Tom Havistro, the new Blazer nerd, is going to be on at 8.30. Let's start the final hour, though, with some final thoughts on the NFL weekend, some things that we missed that we haven't talked about yet because we've been a little distracted the last two days. So it's a loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.